0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the OK Boomer Show. This is a super special edition, and I have my best mate in the world calling in from Sydney, Australia, introducing John McLean. Good morning, John.
1: Good morning, Dave.
0: How are you, mate? Man, I'm great.
1: I'm missing, uh, missing my buddy.
0: It's been a while, huh? It's this COVID stuff sucks that you're locked down in Australia, and I'm locked down here in Denver, but we have technology so we can talk.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for technology. It allows us to still communicate, but uh, nothing beats the, the face-to-face.
0: Hey, so this is a really exciting couple of weeks for you, and the reason for getting together is you've just launched a new book on change.
1: Yeah, so I thought, you know, I've been through, you and I have been through a lot of that in, in our lives and our journeys, and it was kind of this piece around you know john tells stories for a living and obviously on transformational change but you know the question was often asked can you give me the secret sauce or can you give me something that i can understand the steps abcs to understand the change and therefore i, I can apply those changes to myself and to my teams so we finally put something together to uh, to help them
0: yeah i think it's great I, I enjoyed reading the book and uh you know it's a 64 page uh really quick read but uh cuts right to the chase Um, this is your fourth book, right?
1: Yeah, number four, which is kind of crazy thinking about, uh, you know, the first one back in the day you recall sucking the marrow out of life and being inspired by the movie Dead Poets Society, and you and I have been so fortunate to meet the late uh, Robert Williams, which was a real treat. But, yeah, here we are, you know, book number four. This is just a small handbook, uh, and the handbook addresses the five points of the changes that I've applied coming from a hospital bed all those years ago to where we are today.
0: Great. So look, uh, those people that are tuning in here, this is going to be a fairly short summary of John and my relationship over the past, I think it's 26 years, John, uh, that yeah. you, you, we've known each other. Um, so we'll go into a bit of history, then we'll go into the book, and we'll have uh, five more mini episodes on each of the chapters. So today's an overview, a welcome, and just introducing uh, the world to you, John, especially here in the U.S. I know you're, a an Australian legend and icon, uh, the U.S., you know, those that are in the field of triathlon and specifically Ironman would know you. Um, but how do you want to do this? Do you want me to introduce you and what you've done or would you be so grace- gracious as to actually tell us who you are and what you've done?
1: Well, I mean, us as and you know, that's where the OK Boom piece came from. We like to be understated. I think um, if I was to share my journey, I'm someone who used to play uh, rugby league or football here in this part of the world. I had an accident, got hit by a truck. There's a good example of change. Fortunate enough to survive. And then having some great people in and around me, including your good self, to encourage me to make the most of the cards that were do as a wheelchair athlete. Um, and then we took on some challenges. So I was so lucky to have you a part of most of those challenges. So I guess. That
0: Would be my interpretation of my story, yeah. So, uh, again, very humble John. So, let's just break it down a little bit. I met uh John when he had just uh completed his second attempt at the Hawaiian Ironman, unsuccessfully, was asked uh, to finish the course, uh, came back a third year and completed an able bodied time, which was his ultimate goal at the beginning. So, consequence is that he's in the Ironman Hall of Fame, and uh, I was uh lucky enough to make his induction speech in Kona, the year he was put into the Hall of Fame. So uh, that in its own right is a a pretty significant uh, achievement on any scale. Uh, Went on to become the first wheelchair athlete to swim the English Channel. Um, Again, I was uh, lucky enough to be asked to be his support swimmer, and somehow he talked me into actually doing that myself. So uh, we did that together a couple of years later represented australia at the olympics and the paralympics uh finishing with a silver medal in beijing in in adaptive rowing pairs male and female uh, i was in beijing that day uh, that was a that was a, a great day john in many regards disappointing because i know you wanted gold but nevertheless what a stage to compete on
1: yeah it was wonderful to represent uh my second sport in terms of olympic paralympic level uh the olympic <laughs> level just to uh, Help everyone understand, you know, how does that happen as a wheelchair athlete? Uh, there was a demonstration event at the Sydney Olympic Games for wheelchair racing, men's fifteen hundred metres. So that's how I was uh, able to be a part of the Sydney Olympic Games, and obviously after that was the Paralympic Games in wheelchair racing under the umbrella of athletics. And then we're well, fortunate enough. Uh, quite some years later, 2007, to be uh, introduced to the sport of adaptive rowing, first time to be included in the Paralympic Program in uh, Beijing. So my rowing partner and I had uh, lofty Heights, became second at the the World Championships in 2007, and therefore, you know, it's always about stretching ourselves and believing that uh, we can take that next step up and what is that next step. And for us, you know, it it was to see whether it was possible to get on to the number one podium. And we went pretty close. So 0.89. Uh, we came uh, second to China, so that was a wonderful result for us in a short period of time to come together as a, as a team um, to have that opportunity to A, represent and to B, get onto the podium.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, John, you, you've changed my life. Um, I have always say to people, I've never had a bad day since I met you. Um, I think just knowing you uh, and how much of a inspiration and a change agent you are, um, you know, I'm really excited about talking about the book. I did want to go back maybe to the first three books really briefly. Um, the first three books really about you and your journey and, uh, you know, personal insights. You know, tell me a little bit about that. You mentioned sucking the marrow out of the life. Uh, you know, yeah, we did meet Robin Williams at a triathlon in, in California, the CAF event, which was truly amazing. Um, what was your headline out of, out of that book?
1: Well, I think it's always important to start at the start. So, I, you know, as a little boy, I dreamed about being an athlete. That was my dream. Gazing out the classroom uh, window, maybe maybe I should have paid more attention to the chalkboard back in the day. And you know, I had these huge, big, uh, aspirational, blue sky kind of dreams. And I thought, you know, I used to go and watch the local football team here, uh, the professional football team. And we used to get dressed up in the in the in the colours of the team, and you know, I was a little fan, and obviously. Was just in awe of, of those athletes. And then the day came for me to actually run on to the field and then become one of those athletes. So that's where the blue sky dream started. Um, you know, it was so wonderful to have little boys and girls you know, come up to you and ask you for autographs and those kinds of things. So as I was that little boy many years before, you know, hoping that someone might take the time to do that for me. So it's kind of interesting how that pays forward. And, uh, you know, I was out training, as you know, for the triathlon when I. Um, when I got hit by the truck, and therefore, this whole change bit. And then, you know, I just wanted to be seen as equal. I didn't want to be seen as you know, less than anybody else because that certainly was not the case before my accident. And therefore, you know, what, what could life look like? And my late father, who, who I missed um, posed the right question at the right time. And the question was you would know, David, because we're very close, um, you know, son, how far can you go? So it was essentially saying, let go of yesterday. You know, the running, the football, all of that, close that door um, and let's open up the door to see what is possible for you to move forward with the cards that you have been dealt. And that then opened up to, you know, dreaming again and thinking, okay, so what could life look like for me? And coincidentally, I wanted to go back and do the triathlon I was training for as a wheelchair athlete, which, you know, we managed to do that. And then I saw the Hawaiian Ironman on television and this is kind of 1994. And this whole notion of like, wow, I fellow Australian had won the race. A dear friend of both of ours uh, and mentor in the sport of Ironman, in, in great Welsh. Um, but the other thing that happened was equally interesting for me. Uh, there was a wheelchair athlete participating, and he uh, he missed the cutoff time for the bike section. So there's two sides here. The first side is you know do, do you get excited about the potential and therefore you know go and take this uh, race on. Uh, or do you sit back and watch it again the next year? Um, and for me, you know, I wanted to take on the challenge. So I guess, you know, looking back at the first book, Stuck in the Marrow Out of Life, kind of went to 2005. And, you know, and you and I had done a lot of stuff, you know, including you know, high and challenges. And therefore, I thought that that chapter had closed. And, and what an apt title that was, you know, Stuck in the Marrow Out of Life. I was inspired, as we all need to be inspired, motivated to, you know, continue to move forward. And watching that movie really kind of spoke to me uh, as a viewer, going uh, carpe d and this uh, seize the day piece. And it was just kind of resonating in my head around, get out there and have a go and make a contribution. So that was the kind of first book, Sucking the Marrow. Um, and then the following book after that was Full Circle, because uh, at that stage, my kind of. Life story had kind of come and I had the opportunity to speak to companies and you know, what are the business messages that you could deliver in that space. So that was um, Full circle and then as you know, I was lucky enough to be at the right time at the right place to meet the right person In 2013 that was Ken Ware. Yeah, Ken so Ware let's, up- let's
0: let's stop right there because I want to put my own little kind of spin on this um, so you know obviously John and I are pretty close. We speak to each other fairly regularly. It doesn't matter where we are in the world. And I tend to be more outside of Australia than inside of Australia. And so John always sends me little videos of, hey, I did his speaking engagement. Oh, by the way, John's a, an amazing motivational speaker. So if you need a corporate speaker out there, then this is your guy. Um, but he sent me this video and I just, I, I, I remember this as though it was yesterday, John. This was like five years ago, six years, years ago. Yeah, so that's
1: kind of looking at, um, yeah, 2013
0: is when we met, so. Yeah, so seven years ago, and John sent me this little snippet of a video, and I know I can't swear on this, but I did swear at the time, uh, but John was walking, and so to me, after knowing John, always in in a wheelchair and somebody that I'd had the pleasure of carrying, either into the water or out of the water, or into a race start or something, uh, I was just completely gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it. So the highlight is John, after being in a wheelchair for 25 years, was walking again. So John, talk me through that.
1: Yeah, so this this is a good piece in terms of um, how we limit ourselves and what we we normally do as people. So uh, we all live in bubbles. And I guess I was in the bubble of, you know, John McCain wheelchair athlete for a very long time. And, you know, just so lucky, and again, through the sport of Ironman, uh, Pete Jacobs, uh, an Australian friend of ours who won the race in uh, 2012, had gone to see Ken where he was uh, injured. He went up to see Ken and he had this wonderful result very quickly. So Peter kind of said, hey, you should go and see this guy. And my, my mindset was I was going to focus towards Rio in a new sport. Um, I'm a fan of change, and when I had an opportunity to meet with Ken and going through his therapy, he said, "What do you want?" And I thought that was a beautiful question to so actually stop in time, going, "Well, what do I want? When's the last time someone asked that question And I thought, well, "I want to walk." It wasn't anything like a gold medal, or it was. I, I want to walk, and he said, "Okay, let's uh, let's see what's possible." So with my injury being incompletely taught, incompletely in the spinal cord, which connected to, to our brain as part of our nervous system uh, was damaged absolutely but there was still some sparing of the pathway so i could hobble on practices on my back, uh side and then i got into the bubble of john McLean, rucha athlete, and therefore that's where i moved and the language that i spoke for a long time and then you know we kind of broke the bubble saying you know i no longer want to be that one i want to change it, i want to see what john mclean can get the rucha piece so what, what, what can john mclean do and then that's when we kind of started to shift and going through the therapy and just trying to understand and explore letting go again, obviously this piece of letting go, to see what's possible. So we were at the beach because um, it's more important; it's better to fall on the sand than it is on the road. And we just explored and seeing what was possible. And you know, I was able to, put, with existing paralysis, that hasn't changed. Uh, but the mindset had changed and therefore we started to see what was possible and I tried to walk and I took a few steps and fell over um, and then I went back to the start line and said, we'll just make some changes and then I tried to walk again and a little bit further, fell over, back to the start line, another change, So this constant peace on changes. And then I had this wonderful experience to, to be able to walk on the beach after 25 years with my wife, and which was very special. Um, but you can see the importance of letting go of the butcher athlete piece just to see what's possible. And therefore, for all of us, and Dave, I love this piece around finding your line. Let me give you an example. So I think it's in sport, it's safe to say that Usain Bolt got very close to his line. Very close. I would say Michael Jordan had gotten close to his, Tiger Woods, etc., etc. And in business, maybe we can use Steve Jobs, maybe we can use. Um, Satya Nadella from Microsoft. I mean, there are a lot of people in business that have gotten close to their lives. And therefore, the question is posed to all of us how, how close are we to our own personal lives? And I'm going to say we're a long way off. So, that whole piece around learning to walk again, and now I've got carbon fiber leg brace technology to assist, my life is very different because I had the courage to take those steps and, and, to, and to embrace the change. So, a little bit about going from John McLean, wheelchair athlete, to John McLean learning to walk again. and take
0: on some challenges in that regard yeah so uh, the visual here on the, the background this is you coming out of uh, bike transition into the walk run at the uh, Penrith triathlon um, again significant story this is the triathlon that you were training for to in you know the off season of the rugby the rugby season to keep fit and you got hit by a truck this is the triathlon that once you're kind of recovered you did with big john o right and you did it in the in your day chair um i think the course was closed and you were still wheeling across the line you know the sun was down um so you did that and then when you were you know when you were walking now you kind of rang your buddies including me and said hey i'm going to go back and do that triathlon as an able-bodied athlete and so you, you know, we rode the bike. You re- you rode a regular bike for 40 k's. The swim obviously is easy because you're an English Channel swimmer. And then you nutted out 10 k's of walking, uh, which was just a huge effort after being in a wheelchair for 25 years. So take take me through that moment, right, of either coming out of bike transition into the walk, which was obviously going to be the hardest of the three legs, so to speak, and then crossing the finish line with Amanda and Jack.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the elevated version of that. So where did that start is, the, I guess, the, the first question. That started again for a guy who's, who wanted to start to dream again, because the little boy within is still alive and well, and therefore, when I got back on my feet, although that's the hardest thing to do, is the walking piece. I started to dream again. I thought, you know, what, what could I do and what could that look like? And, you know, dad's words ringing in my ear about you know, somehow far I could go. And having a foundation here in Australia helping kids in Mooches, that's been going now for a long time, back to when we swam the English Channel. Um, I always wanted to inspire kids in Mooches as well. But the dream was is it possible to cross the finish line, as you said, 26 years later, holding hands with uh, Amanda and Jack, my, my wife and son? Okay, that, that's a pretty big dream for someone that's been in the chair for 25 years. Um, but how do you kind of unpack that and what does that then look like? So as you said, the swim was a whole lot of fun because you and I had both on the channel and were are familiar with being in water. So there was a one kilometre swim which was over pretty quickly. Then I, I kind of crawled out. Because I do need support in terms of um, uh, the leg brace, I uh, put on with next to a chair. Tried myself, you know, put on my uh, my leg braces and walking poles and made what we call made our way to the bike. And I've got to say that's a that is as, uh, as much fun as I've had in a very very long time. Having the ability to get back on a bike, given that I got hit by a truck on a bike all those years ago, uh, and then to be able to ride a bike with my buddies, which no one would have thought was possible. But again it's opening up, uh, the opportunity is not closing them down. And when I got off the bike, it was 30 kilometres, and that was then the start of the day because it was always going to be it possible to cover uh, 10 kilometres or six miles um, with the, with the aid of those uh, walking poles. And it hurt the first step because now my uh, whole body is coming through my legs opposed to kind of sitting. Um, so each step hurt, and I recall, just being focused around continuing to take the next step. If I can take the next step eventually, that would uh, mean that the dream would come true. So there were some challenges, as you might recall. A, it was a very hot day. Uh, B, um, this forest Gump affair, for those who are familiar with that, the more that I continued to uh, to unfold the journey, the more people started to join the experience behind, which was encouraging. But there was a point, I think it was about halfway, where the pain was, was quite intense to, Degree that I kind of sat down, I I took off the the braces, I took off the the leggings to kind of help protect the skin, and my feet were raw because uh, I had not. I I think four kilometres was the most I'd done in training, so to put another six kilometres on top of that was always going to be the challenge. And having a world class team around me, including your good self, and people that have done well in this country around uh, kind of sports. one of the guys that was there was Steve Waugh, who you know, Dave, who was the captain of the Australian cricket team. And when he looked at my feet, he looked at me, and he goes, "You're right, play on." So in his world, that meant, "Okay, there's a bit of discomfort, but keep going." And then having you around and having others around just really encouraged me to continue to take the steps. So, you know, three hours and 31 minutes later, covering six miles, it was it was very very difficult. It was a mixture of emotions around. Uh, you know, all these people have come to support me. I think all the, the athletes that have raced as well, you know, many hours before I had to kind of stuck around with their family and friends in the grandstand to see whether the guy could cross the finish line. And I believe all those people willed me to the finish line. And it was so special to, to see that dream unfold. And it's lovely to kind of look back now on video or, or pictures and see you front and centre uh, of that when, you know, when Amanda and I and Jack crossed the line. So, I guess, without a doubt, that's been the highlight for me as a father and a husband uh, and obviously generating lots of money for kids for as, as part of that. Um, so I think as an athlete, it was the high and I man was kind of my sporting moment. Um, and as a father and a husband and a friend to you and others, you know, we had that opportunity as a collective team that we crossed that line together. It wasn't just Amanda, Jack and I, it was all of us. So. That was um, such a special moment, but I had to let go of so much in, in order for us to cross
0: that line. Yeah, I went through the photos on my iPhone to grab this one, and I did catch the photos of your feet at the halfway point, and I, 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 it was disgusting. You had no, you had no flesh on the bones on your ankle and your, and your feet. So the pain, you know, the pain was extraordinary. But as usual, you push through it. So let's transition now um, to the book. Right, uh, great. Uh, great title change a constant channel a challenge uh, very different to your previous three books why did you write this one
1: Yeah, so the other one was uh, if anyone was interested in the story there's books to kind of share the story as it's uh, incrementally grown um, and the, how far can you go book was really especially in the US and here in Australia because uh, again that's what my father said to me and I wanted to honor him with that title um, you know, and that kind of encapsulates all those pieces to 2014, and having that opportunity to present the companies globally, which you know is a huge honour for someone who you know grew up where I grew up and you know had those experiences. And we're all aware that COVID hit us. Uh, I literally got hit by a truck, and metaphorically, the world has been hit by a truck. With COVID. So, what are you going to do with the time that you've got in? Uh, in your own place, and obviously everything you now going online. It's a very different connection to having people in person. And I just thought about putting a book together around the steps. So, John, you know, take me through the steps in order for me to change as an individual, or as a father, or as a corporate leader, or you know, being in charge of my team. What would that look like? Give us the formula. So, I started to kind of really sit down and, and take a step back and go, okay, what are the steps, and what would it look like? So, it needed to be very clear to me. Because it's one thing for me to go, you might say, which you did previously, John, you know, I'm gonna come up with a challenge and we go and do it. Um, and we go and do it. That's kind of, uh, you know, for us. Uh, but I thought, you know, if you're gonna put something together, it needs to be quite, um, it needs to be quite succinct. So I don't go into do a story, just have the steps. Going. And therefore, you know, changing content challenge now made sense to me to kind of take that time that I've had to be able to put a handbook together. So if someone's struggling in the course of change, they can then open up that book or they can revert back to that book. So that's why I wanted to put that together to help others um, manage change, because change is difficult. Most of us don't want to do it, therefore we don't. Uh, But now, you know, you look at life, and I think there's two pieces. One, there's force change. As in, you know, I was forced to change being hit by a truck, and now all of us are forced to change due to the virus, this pandemic. So, you know, it's keeping our minds open to uh, to finding ways to help and support others. And this book's been been really good in, really good in that.
0: Yeah, it's a great read. It's about an, just over an hour read, um, and you know, it's really concise. Five steps, and uh, knowing you as well as I do, John, and knowing you when you've taken on something brand new. I can really see you know you going through this process so um, one of the headlines you have in the book is see it believe it achieve it right what does that mean to you
1: well okay um simply it's identified um, it's backing yourself uh, and it's taking the first step so if you look at some of the things that you I've taken on let's call that I man to start with um, so what is it? Well, that's whole whole I um, And then you can see it, so that's what that is. Um, do you believe it? Because if you don't, I can guarantee you're not going to get through it. But if you do, that's a great starting point. So you believe that it's possible, and therefore you start to activate towards that. And achieve it means you get to the start line and you cross the finish line. See it, you it, achieve it. And therefore you can use that uh, for most aspects of, uh, of your individual journey, both business and, uh, and personal.
0: Yeah, no, it's great, and I and I think they're really strong little kind of nuggets or mantras that you can you know put on the wall on any challenge, right? And there are challenges, big and small, right? We face challenges every day, we face change every day. So you know, how do we get through it? So let's let's go through the five steps, the five M's of the McLean journey to to change, and we'll do this at a pretty high level, and then we're gonna come back and we'll do five separate series on each one of them for the so the first one is map a goal without a plan is just a wish
1: yes yeah, so okay we're talking about change so you know do you want to change yes or no if it's no then keep on doing what you're doing if it's yes then okay so what is that let's you know let's map out the plan Okay, so what's the plan? Well, you know, I want to change, I want to lose weight, or I want to change my headspace in terms of wanting to change your attitude. Okay, so so let's map out the plan. Let let me just highlight with a great example for you and I, David, uh, the English Channel. Okay, so let's map that out. What is that? Get a map of the English Channel. There is England, there is France. What's the intent? (laughs) To swim the English Channel. Okay, so what do I need as a team to help me to accomplish that goal? Well, you need a coach. You need support. You. Okay, so there, there, there's the map. Understand what it is that you're looking to change.
0: So the second one is mindset. Open the window of your mind. Allow the fresh air, new lights, and new truths to enter.
1: Okay, so this is a really deep one. we a lot of time here, but we won't. So what, what is mindset? It's the ability to either talk yourself into something or talk yourself out of something. Okay, so what does that mean? Okay, so you have two conversations in your head. Every person does all the time. We have about 50 random thoughts a day. So mindset is the ability to manage the conversation. Yeah, the positives have to override the negatives. And therefore, there's a lot of psychology involved in that. So this is the mindset, so to switch into the belief system that it's possible and make sure that the positives are overriding the negatives.
0: Awesome. The third one is mentor. The delicate balance of mentoring someone is not creating them in your own image, but giving them the opportunity to create themselves.
1: Okay, so here's a good example. Let's play on the the English Channel. We have multiple examples, but I and you, you might recall we were lucky enough to meet a chap called Des Renford. So Des Renford, here in Australia, uh, retired as the king of the channel. He had won the channel 19 times. So what's what's that about? It's about someone who has experience and knowledge that you do not. Okay, so you have to take that first step to get in touch with a mentor because you're asking he or she for support, and therefore by asking relevant questions to gain insights that you don't already have, they can empower with your journey. So as a mentor, it's critical.
0: Perfect. Number four, motivation. Some yeah, people. I think- some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard at it.
1: Okay, so let's, let's use a, an, an example here that both you and I can relate to. Um, what, what is motivation? It's, it's that little extra push that continues the journey. That's what motivation is to me. So Maybe it's a piece of music. Maybe it's, it's words of wisdom. My father's words are a really good example. So if you and I are doing something like an Man or an English channel, It's all lovely to have the motivation at the start because that natural energy is already there because we've got other athletes. But where you need the motivation is back towards the end, not at the start. You know, when you're kind of trudging through a marathon off the back end of riding, you know, 112 miles, you need that motivation to get you home. So that's where motivation comes in for me, just to tap into that little extra piece that's going to continue uh, to support your journey.
0: The visual that just came into my mind was that one of you in your English Channel training, when you're at the lakes, and it was nine—the water temperature was nine degrees Celsius, so that's actually 40 degrees Fahrenheit—and you had to brace yourself to jump in the water to swim, which for anybody needs some motivation. So, so you're you're an incredible man, John. And the last one: momentum, uh, unwavering, incremental change can create remarkable and monumental results.
1: Yeah, so let's look at um, momentum. And again, you know, we've got lots of examples to share. So let's let's call it the English Channel again, Just popped into my head. So we're starting off as part of our map. So, OK, you know, we want to swim the English Channel. It's a very big um, undertaking to, to work towards. So if you don't believe it's possible, then it isn't because you're not getting the water. If you do, then you can start to take your first stroke. And therefore, it's really important to measure your progress. Meaning, OK, I've got in here and I started off with swimming a mile and now it's part of my training because I know what it is that I want to do in this channel, I'm halfway. I can look back on my journey, I've mapped it out, I've, you know, I've put up the incremental pieces in place. And if I can see that I was here, I'm now here and I'm encouraged to keep on going. So momentum builds towards your success. It's important to see where you've come from, where you're at and where you're going. That's that encouragement with momentum to get you to the finish line.
0: Yeah, the one thing that I've really, and I'm not sure which bucket it goes into, the thing that's always really inspired me and I've learned a lot from you is how you surround yourself with really positive people that are enrolled in that journey with you. And by definition, that group gives you a lot of momentum, right? It's almost like it's not just by yourself, but you're all marching forward to an objective, right, or a goal. So... Um, whether that's the iron man or whether that's the English channel, but you're, and you know, it's, it's partly mentors, it's partly mateship, it's partly friends. Um, but you know, it, it a lot of these things you can't do by yourself, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, you, the solo effort is up to you, but it does take a village, right? It does take a team. It does take a group of people around you to, to get to the finish line. Talk yes, to me so about I, that. I, does that fit into any of these or is that a.
1: Absolutely, I I would put that into the back of mindset. Let me give you two examples of that. Um, There's one example of self. So, have no one else in this equation, it's just you. Okay, so now knowing that we fight ourselves constantly, so it's a piece of ground, an accelerator, and a break. Can I do it? Can I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? 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 These are the conversations that we have by ourselves. So, there's that piece. So, get on top of that. Under mindset. The next bit, absolutely, is to around, surround yourself with the right people in terms of building a team to face the endeavour, you've got eight people who lift you up and take you forward. There are two different types of people in the world that I've experienced. The ones that lift you up and the ones that pull you backwards. So they don't want you to do success. Their conversations around their mindsets are non supportive and therefore good you know, attracts good and bad attracts bad. Um, often people are unaware of the dialogue they're having, so we're, we're playing the same record day in and day out. Here's an example. I remember one lady in terms of my preparations for the English Channel many years ago at the local She just pulled me aside and was starting to talk to me, and I was trying to think, Do I know this person? Because she's telling me all this negative stuff. And eventually, I had to stop and say, Excuse me, have we met? Do I know you? And she said, No, you're in a wheelchair. You understand? So there's someone who's taking out time and just wanting to put me backwards and tell me that I'm, you know, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm being painted And her world was really dark. Although clearly I always want to help people if they wanting to help themselves. So back to the importance of people in and around us. You want to surround yourself with people who lift you up and take you forward to chase dreams and desires and goals to make life you know, as best we can make it. So there's blue sky versus dark sky. What choice, you know, what do you choose? so for me and you're, you're the best example i'm going to be around people who lift me up and say okay let's go and chase these dreams and you know by me having the courage to come to you back in the days with gatorade i wanted to have a documentary to, to inspire kids in uh, you're on board and you're a great guy so therefore a we've funded a documentary which i'm happy to share with everyone uh, if they interested uh, and b it was like you know now i'll have a, a support to them. so it wasn't just having a business thing. Very quickly for me, I just hear here, great I want to have you in my life. And I've been, I've
0: been better for it. Yeah, me too, buddy. Um, so let's let's just wrap a bow around this one for today. And as we said, we're we're going to do five more episodes and go deeper on each of the M's. Uh, but quickly, John, where, you know, for those out there, where can you apply this? Right, the change. Um, you know, obviously there's career, there's home life, there's projects. I mean, where, where can you apply it?
1: I think you can apply it in all aspects of life. Um, yeah, but all of us need a hand along the way. If you can look at any, uh, and I guess sports been my world, any elite athletes had a few around them. So, you know, you need a coach. You need all the machinations of support to, to encourage you to be your best. So I think we can apply it in all aspects of life. That, that, and, I, and I'll put it in a, in a way, uh, Dave, that, you know, the younger version of myself growing up in, you know, a, a tough area, a little boy all got to pick it up and kind of get it. We didn't want to make it too difficult. So, you know, we're all facing change. No, it's not. Um, so I'll, I'll put it into a format that we can all digest um, and we can also revert that back to people who are struggling.
0: Yeah, I think this has a really uh, powerful application to the business world. That's what I'm excited about, bringing this to people in the business world um, in terms of how you can put the five M's of change to either, you know, how to handle a big project, right? How to, uh, you know, achieve that career goal that you've set yourself, um, how to to be better in life. So, yeah, I agree with you. Lots of great applications. Hey, where can you get this book, John?
1: So... (laughs) Sounds like a blog. <laughs> what do they say? I, don't know. I think it's different. So there's the people in Australia here. We can get that both on a physical uh, version, there's uh, an ebook version, there's also an audio version. So um, I guess my website's probably the best place to drive people to. Dave, just in terms of understanding, you know, my background and my story in terms of presenting, and also uh, access to the book. So um, you know, it's, it's out there. It is possible. I guess the best thing is ebook is probably the, the easiest for most. Um, to go and have a look at that on Amazon and uh, you'll find a copy, Change, a Constant Challenge.
0: Yeah, I've downloaded it on my, uh, on my iPhone, so I've got it. And uh, thank you for sending me the copy from Australia. Uh, yeah, you can go straight to Amazon. I guess everybody does. Uh, type in Change, a Constant Challenge. You can get the, uh, the, uh, the downloadable version or you can order it. I think we might have cleaned them out of the printed versions, John, so expect a reorder um it's been a great 45 50 minutes with you john Uh, more to come so everybody out there subscribe to the ok boomer show uh we're going to do some follow-ups with john and we'll go deeper into the five sections map mindset mentor mentor mentor, uh, mentor motivation and momentum um so each one of those uh lots of stories uh I know John and I can go pretty deep on some of our experiences, and we'll we'll keep it clean and keep it funny. Uh, But please sign in. John, thank you for getting up so early in Sydney. Uh, It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Joshua, thanks for hosting us and uh, keeping the OK Boomer show alive. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, We will go deeper into the uh, change, a constant challenge. John, love you. Love your work, and this book is a gift to the world, especially for those young folk in business and trying to maneuver the world of change. Over and out. Speak to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Cheers.